Welcome to the House of Jordans podcast, episode 28 on the BenchClare Media Network. Be sure to check out the great BenchClare Media content at BenchClare.us. I'm Christina. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Christina's PC, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-S-P-C. I'm here with... Chris, Instagram, Chris underscore H-O-J, Twitter, House of Jordans, YouTube, House of Jordans, and I'm here with... Brian... You can find me on Instagram at Joden Cards, J-O-E-D-I-N Cards, and on Twitter at Joden Tweets. And we want to send a shout out to Stiff Arm Wax on all the social media platforms, aka Nick, who is the video producer of this show. All right, let's do a quick show preview. First up, we have Hobby Connections. Then we have Hobby Content on the Rise. Then we have Christina's Corner reviewing 2019-20 Don Russ Basketball and the Net Marvels Insert Craze. And then we have a Michael Jordan Mail Day for Mr. Joden Cards himself. <laughs> now, before we get into the substance of the show, we have two quick announcements. Announcement number one. 1,000 YouTube subscriber giveaway. We're closing in on 1,000 subscribers, guys. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you enter right now. Super quick. We're giving away a 2018-19 Prism Cello box. Market value of $500. Here's how to enter. One, subscribe to the House of Jordan's YouTube channel. Two, leave a comment on any of our videos. That's it. The box features a star-studded rookie class, including Luca, Trey, Michael Porter Jr. Also features LeBron, Kobe, and Steph Curry. You can pull valuable parallels including the silver, green, and red, white, and blues. There are also autographs in these packs. Here's how to enter. Once again, very simple. One, go over to House of Jordans, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Two, leave a comment on any of the videos. Done. That's it. You're entered. Here's a $500 box. Thank you, Christina. And our second announcement. Yes, we have stepped up our hobby content game. Uh, We are now providing you a full weekend's worth of hobby content. So here's the schedule of House of Jordan's content. On Friday mornings, the House of Jordan's audio podcast comes out. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are available. Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, the video podcast comes out on YouTube. It's a live premiere with a live chat. You can find that on our YouTube page. We are all there. Come hang out with us. Yes, it's a lot of fun. It's a really fun chat. Um, It's enhanced with tons of visuals. We display graphs, videos of the cards we're discussing, and much more. Um, On Sunday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, we host a live stream on YouTube. We have done two of these so far. We have been reacting to the Last Dance documentary. We go live for about 30 to 45 minutes. We interact with questions from the chat. It's a lot of fun, so definitely come check that out. I think uh, we've had a lot of fun with it so far. And um, This is different than our hobby content. Uh, we are giving our takes on sports content. Um, so it's definitely a, a different thing, and I think it's fun. Uh, plus, Christina's Corner has grown too big for its britches. Uh, <laughs> she got tired of being confined to a segment on house of jordan episodes that always gets interrupted always and overrun getting yeah taken over yeah so she is now conducting interviews with hobby stars she has already put out an interview with blake jameson one of the talented artists contributing to the tops project 2020 christina 
want to tease any forthcoming interviews? Sure, Brian. <laughs> One, uh, I am putting out next week. Let's just say it's a legend. And two, the following interview, all I'm going to say is it's to die for. There you have it. All right. Hobby connections. First up, hobby photography. You know, we love a good hobby photographer. Anthony Davis cards on Instagram. It is not easy taking high quality photos of cards. You have to deal with light reflecting off the case. Very annoying. You have to deal with you showing up yeah, in the reflection the part, yeah. of the case you see my stupid bald head <laughs> what as i try to like hang over the case and take a picture of it uh you have to find a good looking background etc it can be it's difficult to take good high quality pictures of cards but one collector sure has figured it out he's on instagram at anthony davis cards he has some of the best photography in the hobby on instagram he's an anthony davis fan he's a collector from iceland and his page shows off his personal collection. Now, he's got incredible cards and great taste in cards. You'll see that if you just browse his page. And his mastery of hobby photography is definitely on full display. His current technique is kind of like using a blurry background, but leaving the card in focus. And it makes the card look really crisp. He displays the cards on stands. He uses lighting to cast a strategic shadow over the card that makes the card like feel heavy or weighty. He uses a light sand-colored floor that runs into a like a dark background wall so it makes the f- cards feel like they were like photographed in an exotic location or something like that. it's just very stunning so go check out his page he also has a picture of his hobby room which kind of like went hobby viral i remember like i tagged you or you tagged me and you were like don't get any ideas or something like that it made me very jealous that's all i have to say about that it was it's awesome good good page to check out Second up in the Hobby Connections, the best grading company poll. <laughs> we finally settled the debate. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. Today, a poll was run in the NBA Hotspot Worldwide Facebook group, and the question posed was, quote, which grading company is best and most trustful? An odd phrasing of a question. Perhaps, in fact, two different questions. Maybe not. At the time of this recording, here's what the results were. BGS Leading the way with 321 votes, PSA with 132, and SGC with 39. So these poll results are interesting because it does not match up with market value at all. So like, let's use the 1990 Fleer Michael Jordan as a case study. Let's look at three auctions that all happen within a day of each other. And we will only look at cards that each company has graded gem mint. So that excludes the SGC 10 pristine, that includes BGS 10, and it, you know, PSA only ha- PSA's highest grade is a gem mint, so it includes PSA 10 gem mint. So on April 26th, a BGS 9.5, which has a pop of 669 with 35 higher, sold for $154.50. The next day, a PSA 10, which has a pop of 2,833 of the 1990 Michael Jordan Fleer base card, sold for $250. And an SGC 10 gem mint, which has an unknown population because I don't know how to search SGC for pops right now. I don't think you can. Sold for 255 So BGS, 154.50. PSA, 10.250. SGC, 10.255. So what is going on here? Why have the respondents to this poll indicated such a strong preference for BGS, but the market values tell the exact opposite story? And here are four explanations that I think might help to solve this puzzle. Christina, what is explanation number one? 
Explanation number one is that this poll might not be representative sample of the overall population of said buyers. NBA Hotspot has 12,700 members. The number of people buying cards on eBay is likely a little bit higher. That was sarcasm. And it's much higher. <laughs> it's much higher. Uh, perhaps this subject, this subset, I'm sorry. Perhaps this subset of people prefers BGS, but overall PSA and SGC are preferred in the market. So that's one possible explanation. A second one is that survey data just isn't reliable. Uh, people can answer a survey one way, but when it comes time to put their money where their mouth is, they can behave in a very different way. And this is why studying the card market is an imperative part of telling the hobby's story. If we simply relied on people's stated opinions, we would get the story of the hobby completely backwards when it came to which slabs they prefer. Revealed preference, that is how people study, or I'm sorry, that is how people spend their money among competing options. That's the theory of revealed preference. You look at how people spend their money among competing options. This is a better metric for studying human action than relying on survey data. Yeah, I mean, that's how economists basically work out their whole, you know, data modeling systems. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, a third possible explanation. The fact that BGS has two higher grades than BGS 9.5, there's actually two 10 grades that BGS supplies. You can get a pristine gold label or a pristine black label. That makes the BGS 9.5 perhaps slightly less desirable. There are 35 BGS 10 pristine gold labels and zero black labels of the 1990 Flair Michael Jordan base card. And the last time one of those sold was almost a year ago, and it fetched two. Uh, it fetched $462. It'd likely get much more if it sold right now in the heat of MJ Mania. So those 35 BGS 10s are the most valuable copies of this card. So the BGS 9.5 market value is perhaps being suppressed to some extent, by the existence of these BGS 10s. And finally, the fourth explanation that I'll offer, SGC, who actually ranked the highest of these three cards in terms of market value, has had a sudden rise to prominence lately because they're providing quick turnaround, highly responsive customer service. And for a while there, they were the only grading company operating at full capacity which increased interest in their services. They also have a vocal base of supporters in the hobby. We know that after our last episode came out and they, those people came out of the woodworks to cheer on <laughs> the SGC segment. And these people are pushing SGC really hard and they're buying up a lot of SGC slabs as well. And it is yet to be seen, however, if interest in SGC will sustain once all three grading companies are back on an equal footing. But it is certainly worth noting like I said, the SGC gem mint copy outsold wait, the wait, PSA wait. 10 and the BGS 9. And I have a fifth part of like yes, maybe please. reason. Surveys are skewed. People don't often want to admit what they actually think right. for fear that it might drive up prices or guilt. Like one, they don't want to admit that they like the newer grader. Yeah. Two, they don't want to admit they like a grader that might have some shadows in the closet. So the whole like trust, do you trust something new? It's an interesting part and of that question. Yeah. You really you have to look at what they're asking. you say that you trust something that a lot of people are negative about in the hobby? What do you think, Brian, about these poll results? Does it shock you the same way it shocked me to see that like BGS, you know, nearly tripled? It was, it was like 300 and something for BGS. Three, two, one against... Like PSA was like 132. 132. And yeah. SGC was 39. 
I mean, I think you just have to think about like the subset of collectors that would participate in this poll. And like you think think about like what they're collecting, like and you think about like with Michael Jordan cards, like a lot of Michael Jordan card collectors like BGS and prefer that, and like that's not necessarily the same thing with modern cards, modern basketball cards. It seems people much more prefer the PSA. So I think it depends on what collector you're talking to. But at the same time, it's interesting even looking at the data from the perspective of the nine five is a little cheaper than the PSA ten. So like. Maybe some of these people like for that reason. I don't know. Like, I don't. That's I'm, an interesting point. So maybe people are liking BGS because it's cheaper. So maybe um, there's a different thing happening here. People are voting um, for what they like more, and they might just happen to like the cheaper thing more. Uh, even though you know, with the the PSA slabs are commanding a higher premium. So you know, maybe the fact that BGS is cheaper is actually why people like it more. Yeah. It's a very interesting take. I mean, also they have the subgrades. Like, you know, that's, that's a I'm a big thing. fan of the subgrades. So. Big fan of the subgrades. I like it because sure. it's like a reason. It's a what? A reason. Like, a you reason. got this because this got an 8 and this got oh, a 9 Oh, the subgrades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Next up, hobby content is on the rise. So so we're going to get meta for a second here. We are going to make hobby content about hobby content. In 2020, you cannot truly grasp the hobby without paying attention to hobby content creators. There are now dozens of blogs, podcasts, YouTube channels, and influential social media accounts. I said dozens. I I, should have said hundreds or even thousands. Um, but but not all are equally influential. Now, hobby content on YouTube is blowing up the fastest of any of these domains. And I'm going to give you three examples of YouTube channels that are just blowing up right now that Actually, have an emphasis on basketball I'm cards. I'm going to give three examples. Oh, right. Christina is. So the first is Pac-Man. It's one of, uh, Pac-Man is one of the biggest hobby YouTube channels. He joined YouTube in June of 2016. His channel currently has 34,000 subscribers and over 5.5 million views. He just had his third video eclipse 100,000 views. He breaks hobby and retail boxes, shows off his PC, and reviews products. Really fun, easy-to-consume channel. Yeah. Good content. I can see why you know his subscribers are just surging. Next up, we have Sports Card Investor, who's creeping up on Pac-Man. He joined YouTube on May 14th, 2019, has over 19,000 subscribers and nearly a million views. His most popular video has 46,000 views and is only a month old. He offers a wide range of content. He analyzes the card market from the investment perspective and hosts conversations with other hobby figures. Also, I want to send a shout out to Sports Card Investor for having Chris on as a guest last Sunday. They talked about Michael Jordan collecting, Luca collecting, and the hobby as a whole for about an hour. It's a good good watch, I think. Um, really you have interesting to say that. You're conversation. In the interview. Yeah, I may be slightly biased, but I think we had a good conversation. And yeah. it, was, it was fun. The next person we have on our list is PSA Collector. He's right up there with them. He joined YouTube on February 18th, 2018, has over 20,000 subscribers and over 1 million views. His most popular video has 105,000 views. He shows off mail days, rips products, give ti- and gives tips on buying and selling on eBay. Yeah, so three 
um, content creators at the forefront of hobby content creation succeeding and uh, rapidly acquiring subscribers and pumping out quality, um, well-produced content. And I picked those three um, because they represent different segments uh, of hobby content creation, depending upon what your tastes are. Okay, so why are we telling you this? And it's because it, it's very important. Like I want to. That's why we're giving this a slot in our podcast. The success of these channels is indicative of hobby health, and we always want to keep an eye on how the hobby is changing. The size of the hobby, for example, matters a great deal when we are trying to understand things like price trends of cards. What you want to do, in my opinion, is review the hobby content landscape and judge for yourself which content you like, which content you might not like, and judge for yourself where you think the hobby is headed. Read the comments. Study the content. Try to look at it objectively. What are people saying and doing? What does it seem like is going on in the hobby? Where does it seem like the hobby is headed? Maybe you believe, for example, that the hobby will continue to get bigger. And after all, twenty to 30,000 subscribers on some of our leading channels in the hobby pales in comparison to Pokemon content creators yeah. like Leon Hart. He has over 850,000 subscribers and he has nearly 150 million views. So we are just a drop in the bucket compared to Mr. Leon Hart. Now, maybe on the other hand, you believe that the hobby is in a bubble and that the amount of attention and money spent by people within the hobby on sports cards will not sustain over a longer period. And maybe there's indicia in the hobby content landscape that makes you feel that way. The point is you are missing a very big and increasingly large part of the story of the hobby if you are not studying hobby content creation. And you're also going to want to ask yourself, I think, among the many questions that you should ask yourself when you're reviewing the hobby critically, how are hobby content creators influencing the hobby? For example, are cards becoming popular simply because an influential voice is shining a light on them? And if so, is the card deserving of the popularity that potentially ensues as a result these are important questions, I think, for obvious reasons. Next up, Christina's Corner 2019-20 Don Russ Basketball. Welcome to Christina's Corner. 2019-20 Don Russ Basketball was released on December 13th, 20,000. 20, <laughs> December 13th, 2019. I can speak today. The configuration of a hobby box is 30 cards per pack. There are 10 packs per box and 10 boxes in a case. The configuration of a choice of choice is 10 cards per box with 20 boxes in a case. The box break averages for hobby boxes are one auto, one memorabilia, and 60 inserts or parallels. It's a lot. Yeah, six per pack. Yeah. And then we have choice, which is two autos, three parallels, and five rated rookies. The rated rookies have a... Nope, nope, nope. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) 
Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, inserts include the Net Marvels, which we've talked about before. And we're going to talk about momentarily. Yes. There's a comic book design of this. There's 20 cards in the set. We have press proof num- uh, unnumbered cards and then the press proof black, which is a one of one. There's crunch time, which looks like a cereal box design, which I really enjoy. And then... <laughs> kind of like an... Uh, reminds me of That's Jam. The late mm. 90s insert. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And I'll get to that in a second. Oh. Defying Gravity, Craftsman, Retro Series, and The Rookies are other inserts in this product. Notable autos uh, include the debuted rated rookie signatures, which includes 47 rookies, and the next day autographs, which is the first on-card auto for 42 rookies Those in are popular their cards. NBA uniform. Notable memorabilia includes Jersey Kings, which is veterans and rookies. Uh, And I think that all of the inserts, including Jersey Kings, have that 90s inspiration feel to it, like you were talking about. So I won't repeat that. Anyway, the prices. What are people paying for for these boxes and cases? You might be wondering, why is House of Jordans talking about this? And keep in mind, this is is the low end this is a product, product that was selling for $125 on December 13th, this 2019. Is the, this is the product for kids. It's crazy. The hobby box average for April was $272.42. That was seven sales in April on eBay. A hobby case on March 24th sold on eBay for $1,900. Okay, not too shabby. It went up in value. But what are they sitting at today? Well, today we have listings for a case of choice on Dave and Adams for $5,799.95. What did we pay for a case of National Treasures last year? $4,400. 2019-20. Don Russ basketball. Cases are for sale on David Adams for more than what 2018-19 National Treasures cases were selling for Day upon of. release. does yeah. not compute last you know? year. No. That doesn't, just does not make sense. But no. I'm sorry to interrupt. You're fine. Flow. That, that was, occurred that's, to me. That's yeah. a good one, but I was going to actually talk about it in two steps, but that's fine. The choice box on David Adams is selling for $299.95. A case of hobby is on sale at Steel City for $4,449.95. This is the last case on their site. This was when I was going to compare it to National Treasures because that was a choice. This is a hobby box. Um, the, there's an eBay bin for $4,500. A hobby box on Steel City for one hobby box of a product that sold for $125 upon release is sitting at $450. You can eBay buy it now for $490 or $480. There's also an auction going on right now. One auction. And that is with three days remaining sitting at $374 even. Okay, so and that's the state of the hobby. <laughs> one of the ways to think about and understand why boxes are valued what they are is to look at the value of the potential contents that are inside of the box. 
And to that end, we're going to look at one of the cards from this product that is doing extremely well. And unsurprisingly, it has a 90s-esque classic insert inspiration to it. And that is the Net Marvels insert. And in particular, we're going to look at the press proof parallel. Now, like Christina outlined, there are only three variations of this card in total. There's the base version. There's the press proof unnumbered parallel that features gold lettering. And then there's the black one of one. Let's look at the market for this. Now, you're looking at Brian's uh, Net Marvels. Base, yes. Base version. We're going to look at the market for the press proof. <clears throat> and we're going to look at the market for two players, LeBron and Luca. And we're going to look at Luca first. Currently for sale on eBay right now, there is only one Luca Net Marvels press proof. And it's for sale for $300 or best offer. Since the product's release, over the entirety of its eBay sales history, which goes back to December 21st, 2019, this card has sold 18 times in raw condition, and it has sold twice in an SGC 10 slab. The first few sales of this card were in late December and early January for 20, 30 bucks, 22 bucks in that range. The last three sales of this card, which happened in the latter half of April, have been for $132.50, $149.99, and $199.94, which means that the all-time ROI on this card over a four-month period is 900%. A daily dollar change of $1.39, a daily percentage change of 7%. The SGC-10, which is sold twice that I referred to, sold once in late March for $45, and it sold again here this week in late April for $260. That amounts to a 478% ROI on that SGC-10, which, by the way, was an SGC-10 gem mint, not pristine. An all-time ROI over that month of 478%, a daily dollar change of $6 gained per day in value, and a daily percentage change of 2%. Let's look now at the LeBron Net Marvels press proof. There are currently five for sale on eBay. Over the course of the history of this product on eBay, 20 LeBrons have sold, and they've all been raw. The very first ones sold in the latter half of December. The first two sold for 40 bucks. The next two sold for 1750 and 1650 So this card, roughly speaking, 20 to $40 range upon release. Since then, it hopped on a rocket ship and took a trip to the moon. It's all-time ROI in light of the fact that the last sale of this card, which happened just a few days ago on April 27th, was for $450, and the two prior sales were $300 and $315. Means that the all-time ROI was 1,025% for the LeBron Net Marvel's press proof parallel the daily dollar change is three dollars the daily percentage change is 7.83 percent so that's a quick look at the market for one of the cards that is doing uh unbelievably well um it is an interesting thing to look at when you have cards with a low entry point and you know 20 bucks or so and people really like the way they look um you can see why people might 
go out of their way to pick one of these up. They might even be willing to pay a small premium over the last comp, and that sort of starts to build an inertia for a card like this. What Christina is displaying for you now is the Luca Net Marvels Black One of One, the only numbered parallel which we acquired in late December. Because I have a notification on my eBay save searches that's simply Luca one of one. And anytime one of those pops up, I look at it and nine times out of 10, we're buying it because that's our little humble, you know, Luca niche is like these one of one from low end products that we like to collect. Do you remember when we bought this card? Yes, it was right around Christmas. We were sitting on two lazy boys in my parents home. And I said, ooh, look at what popped up. What do you think about this? And you took one look at the card, and you've always liked comic books, and you like artistry and cards. Mm-hmm. And you said, I need that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, yes, please. And so we did. So um, I've shown this card to people. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not particularly shiny. But no, but it has it's a appealing. It has a different like aesthetic appeal to it, and I think it goes to say, goes to show, like buying like unique, aesthetically pleasing cards that you think will, you know, people will actually enjoy and have a collector base. I think that's like a, a key thing to look for, and that's like why you were able to like see that card, and you're like, okay, I want it, and then that prompted me to want to buy one, so I did, and because you, you own the uh, press proof parallel. I do. And you I don't have the base. It with me, but yeah. 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 And then the base. The Someone base. asked me uh, recently, I was tagged in a post about this card, and they asked me, someone messaged me and asked if I wanted to sell a, my one of one. Mm. And I told them I didn't own it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, Cast no. out of the bag now. <laughs> no, because I was just, they knew I owned, like, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. knew I owned it. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. That was yeah. my response. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what we see happening here? Because as well as the Luca has done, the LeBron has done even better. Yeah. LeBron is a placeholder in the hobby. Very similar to the way Michael Jordan is for 90s cards, mm-hmm. and particularly 90s inserts. LeBron is a placeholder um, for value for any of these insert designs and card designs, you know, whether maybe it's golds, maybe whether it's the my house insert, you know, something like this. If people like it, they flock to the LeBron because they want to appreciate the design of the card and they want to collect the best player, uh, in that set. Mm -hmm. Very, very similar to the way Jordan collecting works with all those great 90s insert sets and parallels. So we've seen this formula before. This is yet another way how studying the Michael Jordan market can teach you, bless you, you. can teach you how modern collecting operates and it can give you certain lessons about how to collect modern. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Our very last segment of today's show is Brian's Mail Day. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, so what I have here for you is the 1995 Stadium Club Michael Jordan Warp Speed PSA 9. And it is, I'll give you a little bio from, uh, from actually taken from Beckett. So 
First series cards were randomly seeded in hobby and retail packs at a rate of 1 in 36. First series features full bleed fronts, a full color action player cutout with the trailing ghost image set against a silver foil outer space background with shiny silver flecks. The Warp Speed logo appears vertically on the left side and the player's name printed in red at the bottom. Look at Brian taking over my my lane. <laughs> taking over the taking over the lane. Taken from Beckett itself. I did not write that. So, I will be interested to see what Christina's take on it is though. I'm going to get through this first though. No, yeah, go ahead. So, PSA 9, 97 copies. PSA 10, 46 copies. Total pop 300. 37 transactions in the past year for PSA 9s. The price history, you have one year ago is selling for around 130, 170. As of recent as March 23rd, 2021 sold for 155.48. Over the last year the average sale is around $186. This is part this was prior to the announcement of the release date of the of the Last Dance documentary. Afterwards, one sold for 220, then 280, and then I bought this copy on April 11th for 325. Other copies in other grades were selling as well: BGS 85, 9, PSA 8, um, which aren't. I, I didn't go into detail here, but side notes: Were you thinking about this card as a potential candidate for our Michael Jordan challenge? Yes. Okay. Now we, but you went with the. Uh, Topps Chrome 1996-97 Michael Jordan instead. Yes. I ran a poll on Instagram that asked people who look at my story which they thought was a better value. The BGS 95 gold medallion, uh, first year of Ultra 95-96, which I picked, which I paid 800 for, or your Topps Chrome, which you paid 325 for, BGS 8.5. Mm-hmm. And the poll result was 55% for the Chrome, 45% for the gold medallion, and 118 people voted. So it was pretty close, yeah. but it was like not close enough to say that it was like a tie. Like it wasn't. The Chrome won. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty handily. Yeah. So you you chose Chrome instead of this one. Yeah. Was that a tough choice? It was a tough choice. Because you don't get to keep it. Because you don't get to keep it. So, you know, the Chrome is like one of those cards where I feel it it might be easier to get another copy back. This one, it's it's not necessarily that same way because it's more condition sensitive, in my opinion. And I think a lot of, not my opinion, I think a lot of people would say that is. All right. So I didn't didn't mean to interrupt you. You're about to talk about the peak. Yes. Peaked at. Yes. So you bought it 325. So I bought it 325. Okay. It reached a peak on April 19th at of four, $413. Now, two other copies have sold for $316 and $335. During this time, a PSA 10 sold for sorry, $1,235 on April 29th, and PSA 8 is going for around $200. So, 63 copies of this card in raw and graded conditions have sold in the last 30 days, and 370 within the last year. So my question to you... That's a high transaction volume. It is a high transaction volume. It's a very high. Is what's next for this card? Has it seen its MJ Surge peak? 
or has the increase justified a new floor for this price on this card? Well, you know, here's what I think happened. So first of all, that PSA 10 selling for 1235 mm-hmm. is a new all-time high yep. in a PSA 10 case. The yep. previous all-time high in a PSA 10 case was set just a few days earlier in PWCC auction number four. Mm-hmm. So I've, I had a hypothesis that after that PWCC auction ended, the Michael Jordan market was going to begin to shift its focus to the cards that were featured most prominently and that did well in that particular auction, which always is going to be inserts because the collectors come out of the woodworks mm-hmm. to spend big money on Michael Jordan cards when it's coming from a seller that they know is going to ship it to them, that they know is going to be a middleman that will assume responsibility for a transaction and will provide the customer service to make sure that they get what they paid for. You, you cut out a lot of the nonsense of dealing with eBay transactions when you go through an auction Plus international house. sales. It, oh, of course. You don't have to worry about it, whereas exactly. a lot of people don't sell internationally on eBay. Exactly, or and we know like custom international yeah. buyers are becoming more and more important exactly. in sports cards by the day. So I had a feeling that after that auction ran, inserts and the more prominent cards, of which Warp Speed was one, were not done going up yet. And that PSA 10 selling for even more than its PWCC auction value, I think, is a little bit of confirmation that that's what happened. Right. So, and I think as interest shifts to mid-range and higher-end cards and base cards and more um, available cards are declining um, right now, the raw metal universe base copies are now selling for around 150 to 200 dollars. There was a point in time where they they were doing between 350 and 400 pretty regularly. Scoring kings in a grade of nine got as high as like 2,500 to 3,000 dollars. Right. It's retreated down to about 1,500 dollars. Intense in a PSA 10 case got up to about 750. It's retreated to like 500 to 600 dollars. Like the cards that are a little more available. And really what we saw happen was they flooded the market with those cards once people saw how much they were selling for. Yeah. And people are still buying them Yeah, well in excess of what they could have bought them for just a few months ago. Like yeah. well in excess. But the market has been oversaturated with certain cards. The lower the pop the card is, like this PSA 9 here is a pop 97 and the PSA 10 is a pop 46. It's going to be a little more difficult to saturate the market with that few copies. And because a card like this generally, traditionally, has been one that resides within the domain of collectors. Mm-hmm. And people who are acquiring this card, like you, are putting it into their collection. Right. They are not necessarily looking to flip it. Right. So I think those cards will do still a bit better especially as we approach episodes five through eight of the last dance documentary i haven't watched them deliberately although now i realize that we may be missing out on important market information by not watching them because what i've heard is that these episodes you know so michael jordan very graciously in my opinion dedicated episodes one through four to his teammates and to his coach Mm -hmm. and now i think from what i hear the focal point of the series turns to him. Okay. And we saw Dennis Robin cards have gone crazy in the last yeah. week. Scotty Pippen the week prior. I think you might see a bit of a similar effect with Michael Jordan cards over the next two weeks. Yeah. So I don't think that we have reached peak potential on this card, but I want to caution listeners that this is a speculation based on the fundamentals and the principles and the reasoning that I just laid out that everybody should form their own conclusion by looking at and relying on their own insights. What do you think? I think this card is gorgeous. So I'm sitting over here playing with this card. Oh, are we not on that? Yeah, we're definitely okay. on it. All right, because I don't 
No, we're on it. I, I think this Let's card go. is gorgeous. Christina's so therefore, it's critique. going to skyrocket. Oh, um, <laughs> at warp speed, like Star Wars. Um, okay, so this beautiful card, we see Jordan uh, in movement with his tongue out because even though they say like oh we weren't allowed to use his tongue out they always use his tongue out because that's how they always captured him um so you have his tongue out because that's how he plays and you see that behind him there are shadow jordans like he's moving at warp speed so there are actually three shadow jordans behind him so there are four jordans on the front um, Shadow Jordan cars are the best. Yeah. Right? I think Whether so. it's uh, New I Heights so. from Flair, or it's you know now that I think about your the top PMG. three, um, which actually was more than a top three in a certain sense. Like, yeah. but you know when you were showing, you know, you, New Heights has the yeah. trailing the ghost Jordan. The ghost Jordan. This yeah. card has a little bit of ghost Metal Jordan universe, to it. Yeah, Metal Universe it. has the ghost Jordan. I pointed that out during his top three video, by the way, that he likes ghost Jordans. Okay, um, back to this card. In hand, you can see the rainbow very slightly when you tilt it. It's mostly like silver, though. Mm-hmm. On camera, you see the full spectrum of the rainbow. So this is a ca- this is a card that like actually looks really good in video as well as in your hand. Don't get me wrong; like I love this in hand, but like I've been every like the entire time you've been talking, I've been like sitting here. moving it back and forth so that like everyone all the viewers can see this beautiful card on camera and like you literally get the full rainbow when you tilt it certain ways um i think this is a gorgeous card like you said warp speed is on the left hand side um written vertically you have michael jordan at the bottom horizontal and red it matches the bulls uniform very nicely he's in the red bulls uniform uh he's dribbling the ball like i said it looks like he's going for the basket his tongue is out uh he looks like his gaze is like intense right now and up at the top left hand corner is the top stadium club logo that if you look at it it kind of does this like warp speed um like vertigo thing when you tilt it like the, the circle gets smaller, the circle gets bigger. It's very cool. Um, I really enjoy this. And then on the back, I just want to point out that is one of, that the uh, description says some run as fast, others jump as high, but there is no one like Mike when it comes to reaching full throttle in instantaneous explosion. And this is where I want to point out this next sentence: A defender is safe only when Jordan's feet are on the floor which is exactly what the Pistons said during the uh, last dance. Ooh, I like that. So I I wanted to point that out because I was reading it while you were talking because I wasn't really paying attention. That's right. They said, was it Isaiah Thomas member? Somebody said, one of the defenders on the Pistons was like, our philosophy in a nutshell was just don't let Michael Jordan get into the air. Yeah. Yeah. You can't touch him when he's in the air. And if he does, you just, Jordan rules. You hammer him. Yeah. So I, I wanted to point that out because it, it made me think of the last dance. But gorgeous card. I love it. I think that the sky's the limit for this. Um, and we might see it warp speed up to a very high number. <laughs> warp speed is on. <laughs> warp, warp speed. speed <laughs> to the top. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that mail day. Thank you, everybody, yeah. for tuning in to House of Jordan's episode 28. 
It's been two months now, roughly, since we've been doing one episode a week. And it feels like it's been longer and shorter. Been a great experience so far. Uh, I want to recap very quickly uh, what our show schedule is um, so you can know when you can I'll do it for you. tune in with us. On Fridays, the House of Jordan's audio podcast is released. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Anywhere podcasts are available. Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, the video podcast content comes out on YouTube. Find us on YouTube and come chat with us. And let me emphasize the YouTube presentation of this show like i i see like our podcast audience is very strong and like keep listening on the audio version because we appreciate that and we like to present our content in that format that's our original format but let me tell you something the youtube video version of this podcast it brings another element to it when we're talking about the graphs for example of these cards of the net marvels and of the warp speed you're gonna see the graph you're gonna you'll be able to see a visual representation of the stuff that we're talking about when we talk about you know the collectors' Instagrams in the pictures. I'm gonna be showing you pictures of them. It's really worth watching with us live on Saturday night. And shout out to Nick Stiff Arm Wa- at Stiff Arm Wax for uh, helping us bring out that video content for you. And then on Sunday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, we host a live stream on YouTube with Stiff Arm Wax Nick and. <laughs> Don't you want to know who the mysterious stiff arm wax is? Yes, come check us come out on Sunday night. Come get a night. look at the boy. <laughs> Let me have a look at you. Um, <laughs> we are currently reacting to the Last Dance documentary, and uh, we hope that this content keeps up. So Sunday nights, 11 p.m. Eastern, come check us out on YouTube. That will do it. Thank you for tuning in. See you guys for episode 29.